0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of Deep in the Novo. We're finally back. I'm Ryan Nowosinski, joined here, as always, by my co-host, Sadiq Tuma, after, gosh, what was what it, a two-week hiatus? It I was. Mean, it seems like a three-month hiatus to, to me, because these past two weeks without football have been some of the most hectic, I'd say, because, I mean, you go into it and you're thinking that... You're going to watch OSU play against Baylor. Um, obviously, you expect it in the bye week for sure. Um, I, no doubt about that. But when you go into this game against Baylor and nothing happens, it's almost like someone's messing with your mind here. Someone's messing with, like, other other things here. It's like, what a weird moment to have. Uh, so, Deep, how, how have you been, man, these past two weeks? What have you been up to? <laughs> we live together. <laughs> You know, that's that's a really great point, I and I'm, so. I'm really glad you brought that up. But let's get down into it. We, we need to talk about OSU. It's finally uh, ready and good time to talk about OSU football, um, especially after, the, like I said, this two-week hiatus. Um, because a lot of things have changed since then. Obviously, you got the Baylor stuff going on. But with two weeks of rest now, we could potentially see, and, and going into this Iowa State game um, versus the Cyclones, a very good Cyclones team, Um, You could potentially see the return of Spencer Sanders for this squad. So Sadeep, let me ask you this. um, With all of this time off, with all of this rest that he's gotten, what are your expectations? We've got a quick little sample size of it against Tulsa for sure. But what are your expectations now with this OSU team obviously evolving? The offensive line is starting to figure things out and is way more better off than they were against Tulsa. Um, Spencer Sanders being able to be carried a little bit by that defense as well. And all these weapons that that have now um, come through and come into fruition last time uh, OSU played against Kansas, whether it's Tyron Johnson, or not Tyron Johnson, Braden Johnson, um, or Tylen Wallace. What are your expectations for Spencer Sanders coming into this game?
1: Yeah, you know, going into this game, you mentioned we saw a little bit of Spencer Sanders. I feel like I've seen none of Spencer Sanders, mm-hmm. right? Because he came in with all this hype, right? Like the whole team did, right? Of course. The defense, the Truba Hubbard, Talon Walls coming back, the tight ends, the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But one of the main key lines and one of the big points for this team going forward or going into the season was, was Spencer Sanders going to take that jump, right? Is mm-hmm. Was he going to pop up as a redshirt sophomore? We haven't seen anything, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say he won't. But we haven't seen anything. You know, like when I right. when I go back and think about those drives or think about those, what, three plays, two and a half, 2.25, whatever plays, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot you saw. He got injured really early on, and there wasn't a lot to see. But I think it's going to be so key. I think what's so key to begin with is the fact that he had so much time to rest, right? Sure, he, he was ready. He was dressed up for West Virginia. He was dressed up for Kansas. He could have possibly played like Mike Gundy said. He could have played both times. But it was good they got him rest because – First off, let's, let's not forget, when athletes come back after, you know, they fracture their finger, they come back two weeks later, right? Mm-hmm. They aren't healthy, right? They they play through injuries, right? That's one of the toughness of being an athlete. But that doesn't mean they're 100%. That doesn't mean they're 100% effective, right? They are, they're dinged up. They have some tough things to deal with. And an ankle injury for any quarterback is very difficult. Right. But for a dual-threat quarterback, it's only harder. Because one, you're, that plant leg, right, you can't rip off the same type of throws without leaning on your foot, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it's his right foot, too. It makes it even harder, right, when you're, back, when you're pushing off, right, momentum. Second off, he's a running quarterback. You need your ankle to run, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen so many wide receivers get deteriorated by ankle injuries. But how about a running quarterback? You know, you're taking that away from him. That was one of the great things about him last year. For all the, all the things you could say about Spencer Sanders in 2019, he was electric as a runner, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, Sorry, go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah the, I mean, the thing that I'm most excited about, and you'll, I'm sure you'll touch on this a little bit as well, is the fact that, you know, with Shane Ellingworth, obviously you see a little bit of the confidence on, with his legs a little bit, right? But not nearly to the degree of Spencer Sanders. And I know that's that's two different play styles. It's fine because what Shane Ellingworth has done for OSU has been fantastic. But when you look at Spencer Sanders, adding that element to this offense, and like you said, well rehabbed, um, that's going to be a great thing for this team. I think you said it best was very small, almost no sample size of Spencer Sanders. Um, the fact that you're going to be able to add that to this team is just outstanding for OSU. Because um, when you think about it, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but with uh, when Spencer Sanders went down, feels like forever ago. They've played two games since then, you yeah. know? This whole time period has just been so long. And we talked about it back then. We were like, man, this high uncle's sprain. like you never know what's going to happen with it, right? People are going to, it's going to be sidelined until, you know, the iowa state game which right. is like three games from now but no it's it's it, we're here and they played two games since and two very like it seems so long ago but here we, we're back and we have that running uh, osu has that running ability now
1: yeah exactly and i have used the word ball control so much in the past right. four weeks <laughs> that i'm growing tired of it i'm mm-hmm. actually i'm actually my trademark it. osu has done that week after week right they have gone into games with a completely different approach, right? This is not the OSU, the Big 12 that you'd normally see. You don't see them with this vertical explosive passing attack. Even like last year, right? You saw a big offense game after game, right? You've seen that under Mike Gundy. That is what Mike Gundy is synonymous with, right? Explosive offenses. You haven't seen that. But that almost came with an advantage, right? With that caveat that, okay, wait. If OSU can start winning games on the on the feet of their run game and their defense, mm-hmm. you can play a whole different game, right? Sure. When your offense sputters a little bit or you play a tougher defense or just little, little things, or maybe both things go in your mm-hmm. favor, your offense and defense are flying high, you're going to win like Clemson does, right, yeah. assuming that stays whole, that stays true, right, against better opponents, like ex- more explosive offenses, right? I mean, let, let, no no disrespect to West Virginia Tulsa. I keep saying they are very quality offenses, right? Of course. Obviously, Kansas is a different category, <laughs> but those two uh, teams are very solid in my opinion. But when you go play it right in OU Texas, theoretically, right, and Iowa State that we see now, that defense is going to be more important. But like I said before, with Spencer Sanders back, you more than just hey, you get a different quarterback, a more experienced guy. You get an offensive staff that is willing to just change the mentality, right? Because when you look at what Shane Elmir has been doing, it's been awesome for us, right? We keep talking about his poise, his mm-hmm. maturity, decision making. But he's still a freshman and whatever that means to whoever mm-hmm. some to different coaches that might mean different things but we've seen they've also confirmed it right casey dunn mike and have talked about it but i've seen it like there's one two read past the ball right yeah simple reads conservative pa- uh, p- pass game right they've taken a few shots it's been that right it's been a conservative game plan run game short passes take a few deep shots right yeah. single coverage that's a lot more different than hey scan the whole field find your targets, make those tough passes if you need to, control the game mm-hmm. flow, right? Those are two different approaches. And for a freshman, that's very difficult. But and even for Spencer Sanders, right, you saw that at times last year. He was redshirted. He had a lot more practice time, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. There's a pandemic. Shane Ellingworth didn't practice at all. He's mm-hmm. barely been in this building, right? And for Mike Gundy, you know, to almost take the leap of faith in a sense, and, you know, start this quarterback and keep trying him out there, take something, but he's shown, right. He's shown more poise than you would expect from freshmen. But now it's Spencer Sanders back. You can go back to that, right. You can go back to that full playbook. Mm-hmm. You can open up the offense like you did. And if he's truly become better in the pocket, like everyone has been talking about, right. right? Like Tim Che, like Spencer Sanders himself has uh-huh. talked about, then this, this could be a very scary sight.
0: I think so too. Yeah. When you look at it, like you talked about the explosiveness of this offense, um, having Spencer Sanders add that element to his game in addition to having that that obvious quickness, obvious good, like just a great runner too, like when you add that, um, in addition to his already great running skills, it's going to be fantastic for this team, right? Because you can get sort of those those read options where he's um, able to, to carry the ball or right. or whatever, um, and he's able to scramble a little bit too. But then you keep him in the pocket and you you um, you know get gain up his his uh, decision-making, which which I think will, that will open up the it, almost the entire field for him. And I, and I know you and I both know he can air the ball out. Um, he has great control over it, too. I can't wait to see what he what he's able to do in this offense. Because now, I mean, we're finally here. We're about to see the redshirt sophomore season for Spencer Sanders, something that's been hyped up for so long, this entire offseason. Right. I mean, we I, seriously, sincerely, we have barely seen Spencer Sanders play since that Gosh, last year, literally yeah. since last year, and it seems like.
1: To, to the end of the year, you missed a few games. But, you know, we talk about dual-threat quarterbacks, and that doesn't just have to mean, hey, okay, run the ball, Yeah, right? It doesn't mean just, hey, your quarterback does that. Look at what Kyler Murray did, right, Yeah, at OU. There wasn't always an element of, okay, yeah, run first. There were the zone reads, right? There were the read options. Mm-hmm. But at times, it's just, hey, scan the field. keep Even when you break out of the pocket, look down the field. Mm-hmm. And as a last option, run it. Russell Wilson does that for the Seahawks and does it beautifully, right? That's what Andrew Luck did a little bit of, too. You know, guys do that, and that's really how you maximize it, right? When you break out of the, when Spencer Sanders would break out of the pocket last year, you knew it was going to be runs, right? Mm-hmm. You knew he was going to do it. And he did. He picked up a lot of yards. But if you add the element of the pass, right, of that, of that, hey, let's stay in the pocket as long as possible and then run the ball, you not only gain so many yards because you're such an athlete who can break out and, you know, attack this whole defense – you change the complexion of the defense, right? They might have to put a spy there, take one guy out of coverage. If they don't, because that's not a luxury every team has, yeah. then you're then you're just able to run and break off for long runs, right? You got the zone with Chuba Hubbard. Now L.D. Brown, you got so you you help your offense line because you're so mobile behind them, right? You have so many different options, and we already know this guy has chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Tylen Wallace, he got it with Dylan Stoner after uh, Tyland Wallace went down, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> with all, Braden Johnson, all these guys, and mm-hmm. you know, and chemistry is very important right timing is very important with receivers and you saw a lot on those 50 50 balls which is gonna be awesome when he comes back
0: yeah can't wait to see it uh, on this end for sure um and we'll see how he incorporates his talents with some of these uh, evolving players too because i mean as the season has gone along obviously you saw it in the kansas game you see some of these offensive weapons get a lot better especially that offensive line once they give spencer sanders a little bit more protection and some of these guys come back um you're going to see what such a more well-rounded Spencer Sanders I think at least um and he's going to be able to be very talented for this team. Now, let's talk about some of the guys that Spencer Sanders is going against, right? Let's talk about this Iowa State defense. They got some weapons there. I mean, my favorite yeah. personally, I like that safety crew. Uh you got Greg Eisworth there. Uh, you got Lawrence White, and I think this is a team that is going to uh, do some damage um, specifically in that secondary, but let's talk about uh, a little bit what, what your expectations are for them and, and sort of what they can do uh, against this OSU offense.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned it with the safeties. Mm-hmm. That's really where this defense starts, right? They've got great safeties, and they got some young corners, but some talented corners are sure. playing really well. As a whole, from what you've seen from the defense so far, it's really a dominant run game orientated right right they are very talented all over but right now they are stopping the run right Mm -hmm. that's really where they're stuffing it They are much better against the run than they are against the pass And some of that's probably going up on teams But still you can see the tackling and that comes a lot from the linebackers, right? You got Jake Hummel. Yes, you got uh, got Mike Rose on the other side. Those two outside linebackers are fantastic and then Along with those two safeties now, Iowa State plays a three safety look right along with uh, Greg Eisworth and Lawrence White you have a third guy in Aishim Young who plays that star, right? We talked about the star mm-hmm. safety, star linebacker, whatever you want to call it, again, when um, OSU went up against West Virginia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this team incorporates that same thing. And you play a lot of that three high safety look, right? But Aishim Young, is he doesn't look like the biggest guy at times, but he is a rocket, right? He is a hard hitter. We talk about Colby harville Peel being mm-hmm. a hard hitter. This guy is a hard hitter, right? He comes in like a rocket. And that hard hitting has hit him so badly that he got a targeting penalty in the <laughs> second half of last game and he'll miss the first half against o- o- osu but he is a very talented player right and when at full strength that is a talented safety tandem but you know the strength like i said the linebackers right these are excellent linebackers i think the three of them all lead them in tackles and the defensive line pretty deep sure. uh, you got jaquan bailey who's the real star i believe he missed most of 2019 he, he did, came yeah. back uh will mcdonald mm-hmm. another Talented guy. He either leads them in sacks or second in sacks. He comes on the second line. Mm-hmm. They got some guys they rotate in. Sometimes they play three front. Uh, four guys, you know, they rotate around a little bit. And this is a very talented defensive unit. Uh, some guys – now, it's, it's talented. Some guys maybe haven't had the best season sure. so far. But, you know, overall, this is a talented defense, which I think can cause some problems for you right? You deal with some more talented cornerbacks against Tylen Wallace. And this receiving core, again, new looks for Spencer Sanders – But, again, OSU has played some talented offenses as well, right? West Virginia should not be overlooked. Tulsa was a talented unit, but, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean – Talented on offense, but they of really they really played well on defense, sure. right? That was that was interesting. But yeah, I mean, you have some talented guys here on defense that you're going to have to watch out for.
0: Definitely, yeah. And and, and when you talk about talent, I, I sort of want to uh, put my spotlight on a particular player. You talked about a little bit too is, is Mike Rose. I think mm-hmm. at that strong side linebacker position, you hear the word strong and you think, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously just a football term for the strong side of the defense, but this kid uses his strength to his advantage, not only just his strength, but his athleticism, his physicality. Right. Very rangy yeah, guy. Yeah, definitely, right? Um, he's a guy who's athletic as heck and, and is all over the field, um, and he's somebody who will be able to do some damage against this OSU offense. Um, but like you said, too, I mean, this defensive line, um, I, th- I think this is a crew that that is sort of like OSU light in a way. Um, when you think about it, OSU has – three is three deep and all these three uh units you feel like could be starters this is not necessarily the case for iowa state but maybe on iowa state's level um type of deal you know because it's an interesting unit right Right. you have some of the the defensive ends i think are really great um and like you said, when, when uh, him coming back, it's going to be uh, what a sight to see. And then, you know, the, the safeties for sure are going to do some damage. And and you're right about the run defense, too. I think that's going to be something that OSU needs to look out for um, because they'll be able to sort of get some damage done against um, OSU, even with this strong uh, running back core that the Cowboys have.
1: Exactly. And you talk about a talented D-line for Iowa State as well, which is going to be, and I'll put put it this way. They really fared well against West Virginia, right? Obviously, they gave up some sacks, but that's what you do. That's what happens when you go up against the Stillbrothers, brothers, right? That is a very, very difficult West Virginia D-line, right? Right. That that whole defense is pretty talented all over, but, man, on that D-line is really where it starts. And... I mean, kudos to Charlie Dickey right for what he's done so far man he shifted Tevin Jenkins to the right just looks like the smartest move I've ever seen so simple but it worked uh getting guys ready right proving their mentality and I talk about this I talked about this over offseason before uh, Cole Birmingham and Hunter Anthony went down with injury right so much of O-line play comes down to coaches Mm -hmm. right offensive line coaches should not never be overstated because an offensive line is not just talented because you have five guys that are big, strong, athletic, mm-hmm. uh, use their hands well, blah, 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 all these terms. No, it's not just that. It's cohesiveness, right? Yeah. It's working together, chemistry, understanding blitzes, you know, communication. You could have the five best offensive linemen, but if they're all blocking three guys and then two, one guy leaks around completely unblocked, that's a sack. And mm-hmm. there's nothing a, a five maulers that are six, seven, three hundred, seventy pounds are going to do about it right but charlie Dickey's done an excellent job he's prepped these guys well and they've really made up for it and a lot of it has been short passes quick passes the run game has alleviated a lot of the pass rush right and that's what it comes down to can this o-line stack up against this oh i always say a d-line right and essentially a linebackers and that's gonna be interesting right because you talk about the second level right running backs getting to second level you hear about it so often that's what's going to happen when L.D. Brown, Chuba Hubbard really, you show off their talents When they get to the second level, have to break out against these linebackers and these safeties.
0: Right, definitely. And uh, it sort of trickles down, too, because you got guys on there like Tevin Jenkins, who, by the way, yeah, I mean, you talk about— it's Phenomenal. You, know, you think about the left tackle position, and obviously in the NFL and in all levels of football, it's one of the most important positions on the field, right? You, you take a look at that. Um, but he gets shifted over to that right tackle position. And it's a position he was in last year, sure. But, I mean, this is a guy who's thriving in this role once again, and he's yeah. making those physical blocks. He's, he's pass blocking incredibly well, run blocking incredibly well, get it to the second level. Um, But it's trickling down. Him and Josh Sills, the two mm-hmm. leaders on that offensive line, are sort of like boosting an energy i mean we don't really know like it goes right. into it but like you see in some of the documentary that that's going on this year they're boosting that energy and boosting that leadership into these other members these younger guys on that offensive line and that's sort of the reason you know and like you said too, communication from charlie dickey this is what's happening to this osu offensive line as a whole i mean th- this is the reason that you know we talked about today like dang like playbooks what the heck um but these are these this is a unit that Obviously, in the first goings of the season, you, you were thinking, "Oh man!" Like even a guy like Ryan Schneider who has experience is struggling a little bit, but right. he's able he, he's able to pick it back up. Um, he's able to not only just pick it up in blocking, but snap more consistently too. Um, and there's other guys in that defensive or that offensive line, rather. Uh, obviously, Woodward um, and and just other guys are all around that are really doing a great job, and that's kudos to the leadership up top.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Jake Springfield and Hunter Woodard yeah. really stepped up, right? And sometimes it takes that. You know, you have those two powerful offensive linemen, right? Tevin Jenkins, Josh Stills. But sometimes the a luxury, right? You get those two guys, not to say it exactly goes like this, but those guys can handle guys one-on-one exactly. and you can move other guys around, mm-hmm. right? Get Josh Stills as a puller, right? Different, different thing. Hunter Wood as a puller. you got so many different options, power runs, zone runs. And that offensive line play has really been at the core of this. Man, it would be really tough for Shane with right now if the offensive line has not been playing the way it has. And that's not to say they've been the spectacular, amazing unit that they were really supposed to come in before Dylan Gallagher went down and all these things, but they have been pretty darn good, right? And obviously, the conditioning is going to get better and, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it has been, right? Overall, you see it game one versus game every yeah. now, right? And I think these three weeks, two weeks off, whatever, have are going to only help OSU, right? Conditioning-wise, health-wise, everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a perfect storm almost for for uh, Spencer Sanders coming back this week with all of these wheels sort of going in motion. And the OSU Cowboys, obviously, ranked number six in the latest AP poll uh, with a potent- with the potential to get another win over a ranked team this week. Um, now, let's move on. Let's talk about what makes this Iowa State team so good on offense, right? I know Hugh and I, if there's a Brees Hall fan club, I think you and I are probably at the top, and Brock Purdy as well. I mean, one of my favorite quarterbacks in all of the Big 12. But first, I mean, we'll get into those guys. Let's talk about these three tight ends that they got going on. I mean, this is a team who, gosh, I feel like they have all of their positions are just like technically tight ends, right? Yeah. I uh, mean, you got Char- Charlie Kolar, obviously, um, who's who's not having as productive of a season, but I believe there's some uh, injury sort of thing yep. there, and adjustments going there. Chase Allen, too, another guy, um, and then Dylan Sainer. Uh, is, is is the other tight? Is the third tight end out there? I mean, you look at it here at OSU, and you're thinking like, okay, yeah, they got the three cowboy backs going out there sometimes. In that, in that, uh, this is Full house pistol. This is totally <laughs> this different. Is this is different. a three tight end attack. I. <laughs> so let's talk about this a little bit. What are you th- your thoughts of this Iowa State offense uh, in in specifics going into the three tight end attack? I love to talk about. I call them
1: call this the most unique spread attack I've ever seen. I love seen. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it is so, you see Brock Purdy out of the shotgun almost every single play, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do most college spread offenses. But these two tight ends are so unique because they're not only on the field all the time, they're in heavy sets so much, yes. right? Yes. You'll see them in line, three guys on one side. Uh, sometimes you'll see it unbalanced. Sometimes you'll see two on one, one on the other side. Sometimes it's fullback, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'll just see them split out wide, like they're wide receivers. <laughs> you talk about trip sets, when you have three receivers out there, They'll spread them out wide on the the plus yep. set, right? You, you put them out on the left, you know, all the, the other side formation, completely away from everyone in a trips formation. Mm-hmm. You don't see that from three titles. Nope. They'll do that. Then they'll motion them back and have trips next to your offensive line, you know, and then you just have this bunch set. Then that's how you, you know, you mess with the defense. Then you call hike, you run the ball. And you, these guys have so much power and athleticism mm-hmm. that, I mean, Charlie Cole is a much better receiving option than he is a run blocker. Of course. But Chase Allen, Dylan Sainer, they are insane run blockers. With all these guys, six six, six seven. Yeah. They are big. Right? Then when you start running uh the you hand it off to Brees Hall, who we just talked about, who we will talk about, then you have such unique blocking schemes because then you got Chase Allen coming on a trap block, right? Uh, you can pull these guys around. They and then they're not only coming on these blocks, right? They that guys with so much more athleticism achieve so well, but they're so powerful and so effective. They are excellent run blockers, right? And that just it messes up the entire way you're trying to play offense because Usually you're accounting for these big offensive linemen, but you can get away with them with speed, right? You know, get to the point of attack faster. But then you're coming up against these athletic tight ends who are so strong. Then you counter that by having bigger guys, right, that are trying to stop the run. Then these guys are amazing, amazing receivers, right? Excellent. Uh, Charlie Kohler especially. Obviously, the other two guys are very solid receivers. But you just got so many, you know, so many different schemes. Run them up the seams. Run them the flat. Run them all over. Right. Then you got receivers out there. Wide receivers flanking that. You you can just confuse everything. Yeah. out, Right. You got such a unique attack, and you have so much versatility with these guys.
0: My hope for OSU this week is that the defensive line has been studying some of these blocks. I mean, they, I'm sure they have. Right. But. Hopefully they've been recreating these well in practice because even for a scout team, even on a scout look, I'd say it was probably pretty difficult to replicate this kind of stuff um, in practice this past week because, like you said, that's one of the things that adds another element to it. And that's what I'm glad you brought it up because once you add three tight ends who, like you said, go in motion and and can come back and confuse the offensive line by by setting up some of these trap blocks or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, these, this really messes up everything because you, you're looking for a pulling guard, but you see yeah. a pulling tight end. And you're it's like, so different. Holy cow! Like, and and not only that, you said Dylan, um, Dylan Shainer and Chase Allen, they're fantastic blockers right. too. You know, especially
1: um, they're like I will venture to say they're better, much better run blockers than they are receivers.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed completely. And that does, that's not to take away anything away from their receiving sure. abilities too, because this is <laughs> really just a, what a unique. Frickin, the offensive attack. Six, I mean, six, six, seven. These guys are huge. Yeah, kudos to Matt Campbell for figuring this stuff out. That's why he's one of the sort of hot prospects in terms of coaches in the country, and he has been for the past couple of years. But my God, like this is a team that, like, and and gosh, I'm talking about Chase Allen and, and Dylan Sainer. I haven't even mentioned Charlie Kohler yet. All right. Who's the best of them? You know what I mean? No
1: doubt. Like, I think coming into the year, take away the injury problems. This guy comes in as the best tight end Likely the best receiving tight end in the entire college football. Right? Yeah. This guy's an NFL talent. He is athletic. He is big. He is strong. Got great hands. He is just, he's a weapon, right? He is yeah. in no other. I just going to call him a weapon and leave it mm-hmm. at that. There you this go. This guy is an insane receiver and leads a very, very unique and very talented and very versatile right. tight end group.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and and the guy thrown to him is pretty pretty darn good himself too. I you know I I know you and I lo- we we like Brock Purdy a lot. Um, I like his mechanics. I like his poise. Sure. Uh, it literally. I mean, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks, not only just in the Big 12, but he's one of the hottest quarterbacks, I feel like, in the country. Oh, I agree. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that's sort of, you know, you look at him and, and you sort of forget about it a, li- a little bit, like to an extent, because you're like, dang, like I remember our uh, my freshman year here at OSU, he was the third-string quarterback who was coming in and dominating the Cowboys out of nowhere as, as a freshman. Um, but you always looked at him and you are like, dang, he's someone that's on the come up uh, here in the Big 12. And he's proven that, I feel like. Yeah, no doubt. And and then some. You know, with his poise, with his arm strength, with his decision making, too, I think Brock Purdy is going to be an NFL quarterback one day. And I I think he's (laughs) going to be fantastic. So, I I mean, yeah, like there's just no other way around it. And the way Matt Campbell is able to, uh, or has been able to evolve him, especially, like I said, in this sort of interesting spread offense, it's been incredible. And it's something that if he proves that he can do it on this level of, of offense, right. Spread offense is obviously so huge in the NFL nowadays. This is a guy who's going to be drafted one day.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. And you mentioned all the things that I would have decision-making arm strength, poise, his pocket presence is awesome. Yeah. This is a, like you said, he kind of goes under the radar because Iowa state, but this guy is likely one and probably consensus nationwide. One of the best signal callers in college football, right? He is a very talented guy and I'm lucky for him. He's got the tight ends, but his receiving cores have been a little banged yeah. up, right? Tariq Milton, who was supposed to come in and really take over as that number one guy, their slot receiver, uh, has been, I think, missed all of 2019 and has been very injured. Only has four catches on the year, Hasn't played too much. But a guy, Landon Anchors has really stepped up for him. He's shown out to be a pretty solid uh, explosive option from the slot. But Xavier Hutchinson is really his number one guy right now. The Juco transfer, and I am a big fan of this guy. Yeah. I believe he's 6'3", stands pretty tall, a big, a little, little bit skinny. But this guy's a talent. Like He is a guy who can go up and catch the ball. He's explosive. He is fast, got some ability after the catch. He's a very talented guy, and I can't wait to see – the matchup with him and Rodarius Williams. Cuz like I said, Rodarius has not been playing some clowns, right? He's been playing some very right. s- solid receivers, right? Sam James uh week 2, you had Keelan Stokes week 1 and week 3. Even though it's Kansas, you had a very do- <laughs> uh, another solid receiver, right? In uh Kwame Lasseter. But now he goes up against Xavier Hutchinson mm-hmm. who's you know, didn't he came in with some uh, when you read the reports before over off season, sure. this guy Xavier Hutchinson was supposed to be solid, but he's taken over as the number one guy. He's really been impressive for me. You know, I watch him and he's got a lot. Right, he's big, he's long, make plays down the field. Mm-hmm. He's all over. He is his route running is solid too, and now that's going to be a great matchup to watch. But yeah, you know, Brock Brock Purdy overall, he is he's really you know he's keeps growing right. It's third year now, and like you said, he's been making moves since he was a freshman. Yeah, and he is a very impressive guy. And I think the one thing that's kind of underrated about him is his running ability agreed right he is he's also a very solid runner mm-hmm. it's one of those things you didn't really see it's like um that guy at clemson right that you really saw <laughs> who? the second year. who is who is that <laughs> you saw a second year trevor lawrence you know take off with his legs right uh-huh. but yeah brock Purdy's awesome there but man he's not as good a runner as the guy next to him in the backfield that
0: is so right i i know you're itching to talk about your your guy Brees hall i mean this is a guy who's just got explosiveness um a guy who's who can be a power runner, be an elusive runner, a guy who really could do it all? I, I like his power a lot, uh, for sure. Um, and behind this Iowa State offensive line, which I think is pretty solid this year, um, this is a this is a unit right here. Um, Brees Hall, this is a guy. Another guy. I feel like this Iowa State backfield, though. You know, I mean, you got guys in the past, sure, that that have been drafted from Iowa State. David Montgomery, David Montgomery, right? Yeah, and you got even even uh, a wide receiver, Hakeem Butler, to get drafted um, as well. Um, and th- these are guys that. They were solid for Iowa State, but I feel like every single guy in this Iowa State backfield for sure is going to be drafted one day. I mean, Brock Purdy, you look at uh, Brees Hall, of course, like these are guys that that are going to get it done and, and going to have a huge impact against OSU.
1: It's one of those things where coming into last year, I was somewhat worried about, you know, especially after that first loss, mm-hmm. it's like, where does the run game production come from, sure. right? But Brees Hall really stepped up as a freshman, right? As a true freshman, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And, yeah, I love him all around. You talk about the power. The, the, what really I love the most is his jump cuts and his yes. change of direction, right? This guy is really explosive, and he is quick. He's got great burst after he makes those cuts. Great vision. You talk about the best backs in the Big 12. Truba Hubbard is not – I mean, Brees Hall is not very far behind Truba yeah. Hubbard, right? Especially after Truba's slow start. But, man, your Brees Hall is just – I mean, take nothing away from Truba. Obviously, prodigious talent, right? But, man, Brees Hall is really impressive, right? He's a name that not everyone knows. Just look at his numbers to begin yeah. with, right? It backs it up, right? They've only played, what, four games? Mm-hmm. He has 591 yards and eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I believe he only had 800, 900 yards last year. <laughs> you know, it's just, you you will see the talent, the talent and this guy is just so impressive, and he's a great complement to Brock Purdy in that backfield, right? And it's not even like they're just handing him a million carries, right? He is very efficient, right? He was very effective. He is a dangerous guy in that backfield, and one that OSU will have to contain, right? And I'll say this, even though... Um, the West Virginia running back. I, you know what? <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> He's, uh, he pronounced all over him. I said, you know, after that game, I thought OSU. Letty D- Brown. Letty Brown. There it is. <laughs> That's okay. Right. That was very stupid.
0: I forgot, too. I mean, it's been a while since that game. Right, exactly. It's I wish so I could have like... caved it and saved you. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, it's been a while. But, you know, Letty Brown really went all over OSU, right? But. OSU's D line did an excellent job, I thought. Mm-hmm. They got in the backfield. They, you know, they stopped this guy. It was just, I wouldn't even call it bad tackle. It was just such great stiff arming, yes. right? It was such strength. But now it's another very, 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 yeah. very, very <laughs> talented back in Brees Hall, right? And it's going to be on this D line. It's going to be on A man. It's going to be Malcolm, right? Who's shooting up the gaps. It's going to be on this entire front seven, front six to stop this running back
0: mm-hmm. yeah and you look at you know guys all across the league right uh, a guy who's been in the headlines uh, recently is Le'Veon Bell a guy who's really great with um you know misdirections and stuff like that and that's a little bit what you see from Brees Hall as well I mean this is a guy like I bring up Le'Veon Bell because I mean they call him Mr. Hesitation we talked about this on the Ocali sports student section before I mm-hmm. uh, tune in on Tuesdays um from eight to ten but yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, who's able to have hesitations, and you see that in Brees Hall as well. Obviously, you know, you you can um, he's able to to make these different cuts and, and misdirections in his game, um, and that's where he that's where a lot of his talent comes from, and and that's why he's able to run across. All of these teams now, and you mentioned he has five hundred some odd yards this season. Do you think he's going to uh, break his his last season totals? I think so. I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a guy. This is a, this whole offense as a whole is going to cause some headaches for OSU. Uh, but time will tell to see what the Cowboys are able to do against them this Saturday at Boone Pickens Stadium. The return of football. Sadeep, are you happy to be back?
1: I am so excited. (laughs) Me
0: too, man. I am so happy just to be back. I mean, obviously, we could talk all day about this Iowa State and and OSU matchup, but dang, it's always good to sit back for a minute and just say, dang, it is good to be back.
1: It is so good to be back.
0: Yes, and we will be back all season long with all of our football coverage, uh, specifically pertaining to OSU, obviously. Um, But that's it for episode 13. I'm Ryan Ovozinski, joined here, as always, by Sadeep Tuma. Have a great week.